Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to my heart. Call now. 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. I'm, I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. We are the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate. And if you think about it, that's just about everything, other than politics, <laughs> which I'm sick of. My co-host and friend, attorney Jerry Feeney, is with us. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Dottie, and a happy birthday to oh, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I had a it's wonderful week birthday. Of, uh, you I, have a good time? Yeah, my family all came in, and we all actually went to the Forest Club where there's music. You know that. Yeah. And we had a lot of fun. Did you sing at the open mic? Well, I actually, I didn't <laughs> sing alone, but I did get up and sing <laughs> with Joey Shockless, uh-huh. the bartender. <laughs> uh, I see. Well, you did have a good birthday then. Well, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, I, 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 we have to have, yeah, we have to get together and, uh, I don't really celebrate birthdays so much. As we get together, I haven't, we haven't really seen each other, I mean, socially for like mm-hmm. a nice dinner for a while. Yeah, well, it's time, it's time to do this. But I probably won't have my house done yet in the Hamptons, so, I mean, the construction is over two years now, so I will, uh, I will well, probably talk- come and see you. And well, I, I will tell everybody for all the tips that I give you on mm-hmm. when you're doing construction or, you know, I, I wasn't building a house. I was re- renovating a house. Well, it would have been quicker to build the house. It would have been quicker, yes. Yeah. Um, I wasn't focused on it. I was always running mm-hmm. around working. And when you're not focused on something, so I just want to give you a tip from uh, my own mistakes that I tell you, mm-hmm. but sometimes we, we know what to do and we just don't do, do it. it ourselves. Do it. That if that's what, if you're considering doing major renovations in a home, you Mm -hmm. need to know that you need to be there. You need to go there kind of a lot. And um, if you're not focused, you can expect it to be a very delayed process. So So when the contractor said Memorial Day, he didn't say what year. No, and I didn't. Will definitely be done. You know, I didn't put a clause in that it has to be done by this time either. So we're going on two years, and um, uh-huh. I'm now, all I'm begging for is, gee, just put the bathrooms in and the electricity in, and I'll get one of the bedrooms <laughs> with a bed and everything, just so I have a place to hang my hat overnight. Right. 
So that's where wow. I'm at now. But when it's welcome. all said and done, it'll be beautiful. Yeah, so, it'll be beautiful. And well, I love welcome to have come you. and stay with me up here. And we can I will. Radio up here. I will. Okay. So everyone <laughs> knows by now that Jerry is the co-host of the show, and he is a crackerjack real estate attorney who is always here to answer any of your questions about legal matters, large, small, kind of in the middle. Um, and there's always legal issues that come up with real estate, so there's no one better to ask. And so we encourage you, um, pick up a phone. It's free. Um, it's a toll-free number, and call Jerry for any legal advice, and that's 866-970-9622. Or you can email us on radioshow at element.com um, or post a question on my Facebook or Instagram account. And if you've missed the show, you can download our app and listen to it at your leisure, of course. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and by the way, if you go to the app store, you can get Eye on Real Estate, and you can listen to the shows at any time you want, or just part of the shows or what part you missed. Again, we're always pleased to hear from you, and it's 866-970-9622. Of course, our mortgage and finance Expert Ace Wanatusa Park is with us today. Almost good hit morning, it this time. Ace. Almost. Wow, good morning. morning How are you doing? Birthday. Good. Not bad. I <laughs> can't hear you. Got to your birthday soon, Daddy. So. Did I lose? Ace, we're having trouble hearing you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Can having you guys trouble. hear me now? Ah, uh, much better. Much better. Yes. Thank okay. But um, happy birthday, Daddy. We have thank to get you. together soon. Oh, so. absolutely. Absolutely. It's just been a busy couple of weeks. I mean, I haven't, uh, I'm really yeah. excited. I mean, I'm excited, um, to, even though I hope it doesn't rain, but I'm receiving um, the Ellis Island Award tonight, and yeah. it's on Ellis wow. Island, so I hope it doesn't rain because I have to take a ferry to get there. Well, and Jerry, you know what those ferries are like. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it really is a prestigious award. And, um, you know, you have to have done a lot of good things in the world. And uh, I have never been to the Ellis Islands Awards. I'm not, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've circled it on a ferry. But I hear that when you get there, you probably start to cry. And it's very patriotic. It's for all, most of the, the people that have uh, families yeah. actually came when they came from the other countries, they landed at Ellis Island. And I heard it, like, puts tears in your eyes. Oh, it's a very, uh, if you have time to go to the museum, you really should. If not, you must make an appointment to go back and do that because it's my favorite museum in the city, and I've been to all of them. I, it was a very emotional experience. I didn't realize it was going to be. Um, and it really gives you a good sense of something that I had not really considered, which is how brave uh, these ancestors of ours were to just kind of take what they can carry on their back with no money in their pocket, not speaking the language of the country they're going to, and seek out, you know, a better life. And um, thank God they did. And it must have been terrifying to just arrive. And, and some of them were then sent back because they were sick. And I thought, oh, that must have been an awful you have back. to you, you really yeah. have to be brave to do that. Yeah, yeah. Much braver than than. Yeah, I mean, you, you really, be. really do. And I guess conditions get so bad for people. That they have no, yeah, yeah, but I hear it's very emotional, yeah. and I'll let you know next week. But I am I'm, I'm doing that tonight, so well, uh, I might sneak off a few minutes early because yeah. I have to, 
<laughs> that's the only part of it I don't love. You know, you have to leave, even though it starts like at 7 or something. You have to leave on their ferry at 545. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and you... Um, <laughs> so I have to get there early. So I'm hoping it doesn't rain and my hair stays okay. But to, yeah, if not, go sec- the show must go, go on. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very honored that I was one of the people that were chosen. Congratulations. Congratulations, Adi. Okay. Thank yeah. you. I thank you, everyone. Now, you know that Ace um, is always, you talk about finance and mortgages or any kind of, Equity, equity loans, you should ask Ace. Ace is the vice president of Citizens Bank. And if you want to get a loan, if you want to refinance, if you need advice about getting a home equity loan, now is the time to give Ace a call at 866-970-9622 and get your questions answered by an expert in the mortgage field, and he certainly is an expert. Again, always want to thank Citizens Bank for their support for the second consecutive year. Uh, Money Magazine named Citizens in its list of the best banks in America. And, you know, Money Magazine doesn't BS, okay? When they put you in there as one of the best banks of America, you are. And they cite the level of customer convenience available through its customer contact center, access to banking specialists via instant messaging, and its robust physical presence with more than 1,200 branches and 3,200 ATMs. I mean, they really do whatever they have to do to accommodate you. Citizens is one of the nation's oldest and largest financial institutions, and it's headquartered in Providence, Rhode Island, and it helps its customers reach their potential by listening to them and by understanding their needs in order to offer tailored advice, ideas, and solutions. And I love Citizens Bank. As I've told you, I've used ACE. I've used Citizens Bank. That's where I have my mortgage. And I must tell you, and I deal with a lot of banks, they really, really, really are special. They're big, but they treat you like it's a small ma-pa, you know, family. And uh, yeah, you don't have to like be embarrassed to ask questions. You can keep them for hours, um, you know, and that's really a good thing to do. Sometimes when you go to talk to somebody about whether it's finance, but you, you kind of, or you go to the doctor's office, you forget all the things that you were going to ask. So it's a good thing to listen to the show, sit down, write some questions out, things that you really need to uh, ask. And when you get and call Ace, um, that besides what comes to your head, sometimes, you know, some of the questions we meant to ask, we forget. So it's nice to have a list of things that and you'll, you, you have interest in or you're, curi- you're curious about. Um, and believe me, they will take the time to make sure you not only have an answer, but that you understand it. And that's really key. Uh, as I said, because nobody's a cookie cutter. No. Now, it's hey, Mother's Dottie. Day is tomorrow. Dottie, before you go on to the next subject, I just want to relate a story. Ace and I were at an uh, event on, what was it, Wednesday night, Ace? Thursday night. Yeah, Wednesday night, sorry. Yep. Yeah, so we and somebody there was who I had not met before, um, came up and said, oh, well, you know, you're on the show. I listen to you every week for a long time, even from the prior stage we were on, Dottie, <laughs> and said something about you that I thought really kind of captured. She says, you know, I, I listen to all these real estate gurus on, you know, TV and everything like that, and they all sound, you know, very formal. And and when I listen to Dottie, I feel like she's talking to me. 
And I really forget sometimes that she's talking to a whole audience. And I thought, you know, that's a really nice thing to say, and I want to relate yeah. it to you. Well, you thank do have you. that kind of, uh, yeah, well, you have that, that ability to, you know, they call it a Q factor or whatever in media, but uh, people kind of gravitate and feel a connection with you. And uh, I thought that was a nice thing. So without, you know, taking well, up the whole show, and I wanted to convey that to you. I thought it was a nice you know, kind of thing. And, and, and to, to, to let you all know that when Jerry... And I first started radio, which, how many years ago was that? Well, it was a di- different century, I believe. Yeah, but, uh, it, was, it a was a while ago. We had no experience, and somebody asked me to do a, uh, do this radio show, and I said, well, you know, I, I can't, and I've never done, I mean, I've been on radio shows, and they said two hours, and I was panicked. So I called up Jerry, Jerry, you have to do this with me. So both of us really went on the air for two hours um, with really no radio experience. So I I think that what we really did was we just were ourselves, and we just talked, and we talked to each other, or we talked to the audience as we would talk to anyone. And I think um, it's, it's really real. And we, I'll never forget, we would like really wanted the show to be good, and all of a sudden, and I love the NAR, the National Association of Realtors, and they won't mind me saying this. All of a sudden, we had the show, and about six months later, the NAR has a show on radio yeah. Yeah. of real estate. I'm like, no much way. the same format. Yeah. Jerry, let's listen to it and hear what they have to say. Yeah. So we did. it's huge, and it's national, and oh my God, they're going to run us out of business. And, and we did. And their show was factual. It was certainly, you know, factually accurate about everything, as they always are. But I was like, forget it. It just sounds like they're reading from a, a textbook. And I called them up. I'm like, you know what? Your show's not going to make it. Quit while you're ahead. Just let me keep my show. And yeah, they, <laughs> they didn't they last talk- that long, did they? No, they were talking, you know, it was more like a lecture rather than interactive. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, you know tomorrow's Mother's Day. Yes. And we love the story of Mother's Day, and every year we tell it. Um, there was a woman who created it, learned, and she eventually learned to hate it. She, uh, it was created in, in 1908 by a West Virginia woman named Anna, Anna, excuse me, Jarvis Grafton. And it was to honor her own mother. So she created this to honor her own mother. Ann Jarvis was a nurse who worked to improve sanitary conditions in hospitals and treat wounded Union and Confederate soldiers in the Civil War. So that's how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. Ann Jarvis trademarked the name Mother's Day, and by 1914, she had succeeded in getting President Woodrow Wilson to make Mother's Day an official holiday. The concept turned out to be hugely popular, and Mother's Day almost instantly turned into a major American holiday, one of the biggest days for the sale of flowers, sending cards and prayers and going to church on Mother's Day, and it has the highest attendance at church um, after Christmas Eve and Easter. Now, as I was, okay, it was the sending of the calling cards that angered Anna Jarvis and embittered her. She was so mad. She, she didn't think that was right. And so she, she didn't think it was right to do that and to the holiday that she had created because people sent their mothers a printed greeting card instead of a handwritten note. Now, can you imagine mm-hmm. that instead of a handwritten note and yeah. they're looking to take penmanship away? Right. Okay. Well, they are. No. They don't teach her anymore. 
And she was just so angry that she spent the rest of her life and all of her money railing against the commercialism of her own invention. Can you mm. believe that? What do they mm. say? Be careful of what you wish for. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it's not how she wanted it to come off. And so she died in 1948 in a sanitarium, which is not a good place to end, spend the, rest, the end yeah. of your life, blind and impoverished. She oh, would no true. doubt be furious to learn Mother's Day had become the third largest American holiday after Valentine's Day and Christmas to send greeting cards, with 141 million cards sent last year, according to the Hallmark Card Company. Can you imagine that? It's a lot of well, comments. you know what? Thank you, Anna, for thank you, Anna. And I'm going to read you something um, that I just thought, and I'm a mom, and I just thought for all the mothers, it it really um, fits the bill. And I'm not, I don't take politics on the phone, but this was, and this is really not political. This is about being a mother. This is Melania Trump, and she wrote. As a mother, myself, I know what goes into raising a child. And, you know, Melania is the first lady, and um, she is the mother of Barron, who is 12 years old. Um, she's the mother of Barron with Donald. It takes an incredible amount of strength, a lot of time, a generous amount of patience, and all of our love. And she says, she goes on to say, as moms, we are also incredibly privileged to be able to bring children into this world and being part of helping them grow and, and flourish and, not, and, and be nourishing them and grow them into wonderful adults. Because of the powerful bond that a mother and a child has, and there is a bond, um, she says that when they feel, that you feel your children's emotions and when they feel pain, you feel pain. When they're happy, then you're happy. And that is so true if you're a mom. So I just thought she, she said it all, and um, I thought it was really very appropriate. And I also want to say that if you're not a mother by blood, but you are like a mom to somebody, or you help people, or you help children, or you just are there when, when kids need you, well, we want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers whether they're biologically mothers or they just are just motherly and help out everyone. So happy Mother's Day, everyone. Well, I know. well I've been referred to as a mother what? before. So I've been referred to as a mother before. So you, well, people must, <laughs> people <laughs> kind of mother. Kindly I don't want to too. say that on the air. Oh. I do not want to say that on the air. Oh, you mean they meant something else? Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are funny. Yeah. But, you know, I always tell you, so if you were born today, you share the birthday with actress Catherine Head. Burn, who was a wonderful actress, and she would have been 109 years old today. Wow. Uh, Laura's people right? born on May 12th, and I know a few people, are mm -hmm. argumentative, combative, mm -hmm. and angry. Well, that's not that good. Um, they are stubborn individuals who want mm -hmm. to oppose their ideas. But let me tell you, mm -hmm. Taurus is a great sign. And if you're a Taurus, it's a money sign, just so you know. And it's mm -hmm. a love sign, and you love, you love to be grounded. You love the earth. And you're loyal, very, very loyal. It's Stubborn. also National Limerick Day, named after Limerick Island, and oh. it dates back over 500 years ago. They began as the nursery rhymes, and uh, I'm not going to give you examples of limericks, but you know I what they are. From Nantucket. Uh, remember our number, 866-970-9622.
Today on the show, later at 11 o'clock, we are going to be joined by Victoria Pinson, and she is the co-founder of She Negotiates. Victoria is a trial attorney and a litigator who is an expert in mediation and conflict resolution. She's nationally known for teaching negotiating strategies for women in business, and that is so important. And let me tell you, negotiating is not only important for women, it's it's important for men, it's important in business, it's just important in your regular life. Um, It's really a skill, and I always tell people when they're hiring a real estate broker, hey, look at their negotiating skills. A negotiation, a good negotiator can make or break your deal. But getting back to to Victoria, um, she's um, written several books, including Success as a Mediator for Dummies. So those are, I guess, the ABCs of mediation. And I think it's, Jerry, I know as an attorney, don't you think it's better to mediate if you can? Absolutely. Oh, he's better and cheaper to mediate. But And can you tell everyone, Jerry, mediation, what, what, what that exactly is? Why don't we do it after the break, Dottie? Because they have a break coming up here, and there's birthday music in the background, even though it doesn't sound like birthday music. I don't know what this song is. Okay, thank you. Okay, we'll be right back after Uh, the break, and we'll just give you a slight definition of mediation. I didn't recognize the Beatles. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Okay, we're back, and you're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Jerry Feeney, our legal expert in Ace Waters Hoop Harp, our financial expert, and myself, I would say the real estate expert, uh, and I want to share with you a report that came out from CNBC, and it says that consumer confidence, which we experience right here uh, in the housing, jumped to the highest level on record in April, um, and, that, and that those who those who think prices will move even higher rose the most. So people feel that prices are not going down; that they're going up. And those who think that now is a good time to sell came in second. So people think it's a good time to buy and a good time to sell. Um, the consumer attitude remains resilient going into the spring and summer home buying season. As I think I said last week, we probably have a late, we probably had a later start this year because we had horrible weather in the winter. There was a lot of snowstorms and people, at least in the Northeast, if you're listening to this in the Northeast, uh, and therefore the the season is it was pushed forward because you really couldn't get around a lot in the, in the winter. It was a lot of snow, and um, the upward trend is is a good time to sell. Is going to continue. Home prices made their biggest jump in four years in March, and um, Americans are less concerned. And this is a lot because of our economy. Uh, Americans are less concerned, and they're not as concerned about losing their jobs. And um, they are really looking to a healthy economy. And demand continues to rise as the largest generation, the millennials, move solidly into home buying years. While the supply is lowest on the low end of the market, a growing number of first-time buyers are buying move-up homes instead of entry-level homes. So a lot of the millennials are skipping that, you know, start a home, and they're going right into a uh, up 
great, okay, I guess they're making enough money, uh, or their parents helped them out, or they called ACE and they figured out how to do the financing so they could get more for their money. The millennials, if you remember, um, following the recession became, you know, they, want, they became home buyers later because during the recession it was hard to get jobs. They stayed at home longer to save money. Uh, they had student loans, but they are in bloom. They are in full demand. So those millennials are out there, and they are definitely a generation that believes in home buying. Actually, owning is the new renting, okay? Rising wages, loosening credit standards, and demographic shifts are all creating momentum for owning rather than renting. So uh, that's another Another factor to consider, people really, if they can afford to buy now, are prefer that they buy, okay, because the rents are not cheap. I mean, I can't well, speak for the um, whole country. What are you finding, Ace? An, an interesting factor is that today, 35% of the first home-time buyers are millennials, but by 2021, just about three years from today, they will be... They will be at least 75% of the first home-time buyer market. So it's um, How much will it be? Huge. Seventy-five percent in Seventy-five percent. Because a lot of them will be a lot older, um, Dottie. Yes, because so what um, are the oldest millennials? About thirty-five-ish, thirty around there. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. Thirty-five. 35. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, so in three years, they'll they'll they'll, they'll make up seventy-five. And they are the, the largest demographic. Large. They're bigger than the baby yep. boomers. So. Yeah. So if you're if you're getting your home ready to sell. You might want to keep in mind the buyer could be like 50% could be a millennial, and so you kind of want to do it up a little bit like the millennials like, and um, they like open spaces, right? And they like roomy, airy, uh, and I always tell you, paint it a neutral color. But you know what? You want to know something, Ace? The next generation. Okay, of home buyers. Now, this is after the millennials. I don't know. Okay, Generation Z. Z. Yeah. Yeah, we're up to Z. They're doing studies on Generation Z, and it's Mm -hmm. starting to make an impact on the housing market. And Generation Z is sometimes called iGen, and it's beginning to play a role in real estate. Uh, Generation Z is already impacting the housing, and these are people or children or kids that are born between 1995 and 2010. The oldest is already between 18 and 22 years old. Okay, Generation Z is the largest generation. Generation Z already accounts for about 21% of the U.S. population, 64 million people. And by 2020, this group is expected to outnumber millennials. So millennials, be careful. The Generation yeah. Z is right behind you. And, um, and it's expected to outnumber millennials by nearly one million people. And Dottie, I have I to generation. Story. And Generation Z wants to buy homes also. The, yeah, so, they do. They do. Yeah, the majority of Generation Z's members still live at home with their parents. I mean, they're a little young yet. Um, They still have dreams of becoming homeowners. And they found that 97% of Generation Z believes that they will own a home in the future. And 80-something percent 
believe that home ownership is the most important factor in achieving the American dream. So the American dream carries on through the centuries. I mean, probably when they arrived at Ellis Island, they didn't have aspirations of maybe owning right away, but they all had aspirations of, of eventually buying a home or having their kids have a home. Uh, so Generation Z wants to live near work. And the oldest members of this Generation Z choose proximity to work over living in the most desirable neighborhoods. Now, that's a switch. Because if I'm not mistaken, I would off the top of my head tell you that baby boomers sometimes pick the location and would do the driving or the commuting. Uh, Generation Z, uh, they feel, hey, look, we rather have convenience than having the best location. We want convenience. And according to the National Apartment Association, they may also seek out co-working spaces or maker rooms as this generation is coming of age in a big economy where entrepreneurship is high. I mean, yeah, well, I just answered a question like for, I, somebody wrote to me and said, uh, oh, you know, we want to be an entrepreneur and that's our dream. And I think that's really a great dream. And I hopefully will do more speaking on, entre- on, on being an entrepreneur and what that really takes. And as you know, Jerry, uh, it sounds great to be your own boss. <laughs> it sounds yeah. wonderful. It sounds like, wow, people... I can be my own boss. I can make my own hours. I don't have to have some guy uh, or girl tell me what no, to it's do. No, it's my favorite one. Oh, you can come and go as you please, and you can make your own hours. And, and if you want to go on vacation, I'm like, yeah, I take far less vacation now than I ever did when I worked for somebody else. I know. And, and truthfully, you know, I would be in the car with Jerry on a Saturday morning, okay, and it's like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, and he's on the phone with clients, okay, with clients, okay, on a Saturday morning, and I am sure he got the calls like I did on, mm-hmm. at night, okay, I mean, so... Uh, you know, we'll get into that, and I plan to do a lot of... I think it's great to be an entrepreneur. I think that schools should do more on teaching people, but really, it's not what it's... I mean, it's wonderful, but you sacrifice a lot. Don't let anyone kid you. It is not easy, and you put a lot of money on the line. Yeah, it's very risky. You know, I wanted to talk about... You mentioned co-working spaces, and I think this is one of the most revolutionary changes that I've seen in the last five years, you know, in terms of office space and how offices are designed. And uh, I, you know, I have an office space that although we're expanding our business and getting bigger, we actually need less office space now because of the way people work, because of how documents are scanned. And and I hear we're coming up on a break. So after the break, maybe we can talk a little more about. Yeah, I'd love to. We're going to talk a little about all that all the office space and coast, you know, with you share space, right back after our break. 866-862-9709622. We'll be right back. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. And uh, we were in the middle of Jerry Feeney, our legal expert, talking about the trends with when it comes to, to office space and how people are utilizing them now. You were in the middle of starting to talk about that, Jerry? Yeah, I was just mentioning, and by the way, I know we have a 
caller hanging on, Doug, just wait a minute. We'll be right with you on the question. But we were talking about co-working, and one of the biggest trends that we've seen in terms of commercial and office space is uh, sort of the way people work and organize themselves in the office and uh, the need for less space to do as much or more productivity. And a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, scanning documents. We don't take as much room with documents, but also, you know, the traditional sort of office with walls and cubicles. I remember when I worked at the bank in Wall Street, the it looked like you couldn't see anybody when you walked down the right. office because everybody was mm-hmm. in a cubicle that had high walls. The trend now is to bring those walls down, to have open spaces, to have maybe not conference rooms, maybe rooms with lounging chairs so that people can negotiate and talk and interact more. And I'm guessing the millennials want to go in and take a nap because you know, it's, it's very important for them to rest. Uh, but, uh, you know, and we're looking actually for new office space now. That's about half the size of the existing office space. And we plan to employ just as many people, but they take up less space. I'm not going to have a, a formal office anymore. I'm going to be sort of sitting out in the open much to the chagrin of my staff who likes to keep me behind closed doors. but and, and you're also on the road more with your portable electronics, your portable devices, and you're out interacting with your constituency more, right, Dottie? I mean, I well, see you the on the road constantly. I, I remember yeah. back about 15, 16 years ago, the trend was to have, uh, you know, an office. To have, you know, we started out in the business where it was kind of like a, pool of people just with desks sitting and everybody kind of, and that's when I started, everybody kind of was talking and you could hear other people's conversations, but you learned a lot that way. And uh, somebody might say, oh, I just got a new listing and you'd hear it. And then the trend gets to be, well, I'm a top person and I want my own office. And then whose office was bigger? And then what happened is um, those people became very isolated, you know, in this space. And I think the millennials really did a lot to move that forward where, you know, office space where people feel comfortable and they're not stuffed up and, like, you know, you know, and they're a little bit more casual and where the bosses are on the floor where they can just talk to them and you don't have to like, oh, you're going into your boss's office. Of course, there's private right. spaces because some conversations have to be yeah. private. But I, that's a big trend. And so if you are in a business and it's not retail necessarily, if you're in the office, you should kind of look at the trends before you uh, get all that space because you might be able to save, as Jerry said, a lot of money because mm-hmm. you won't need as much space in, in, in some businesses. I mean, there might, might be some businesses that still require it, but it's something to look at. Yeah, yeah. Dottie, can we take uh, sure. the caller? Doug's been hanging out a while. Doug, are you there from Manhattan? Doug, go ahead. You there? Doug? Yeah, I Doug. sure I am. Okay. Uh, I have go a question ahead. about the term air rights. Mm-hmm. I, un- I always kind of assume that air rights meant space immediately above your existing building. Mm-hmm. But I recently read that St. Patrick's Cathedral sold air rights for $75 million for some space elsewhere. Yeah. Can you explain that? Yeah, it's a good question. So air rights is uh, the, sort of the non-legal term. Lawyers are looking at uh, a document, uh, a concept called a joint develop, um, not joint development um, uh, agreement, which is you have the right to build up a certain amount of uh, feet above your property to a maximum permitted height based on your zoning. So in New York, originally, the first thing that the, legis- the city council did is they allowed you to 
sell your right to go up a certain number of feet to a contiguous space. In other words, a space that touches one of your borders. So if I had a right to go up another 20 feet and my neighbor wanted to buy that right from me, I would sell that to them because their lot touches mine. And they then either can go up that additional uh, height or they might have done it just to block me from going up to preserve their view. But then what they did is they started to add to that the, the right for, for example, uh, buildings in the theater district or now certain uh buildings in in that um development area that saint patrick's is part of that they said you can sell to anybody within that district so they don't have to be contiguous anymore and even though you never intended to build up because you can't imagine i mean you know saint patrick's is landmarked, they couldn't build up anyway they said you can you sell it to anybody in that district who wants to buy it from you and that's how saint patrick's is able to sell it to somebody else in the neighborhood who isn't adjoining them because St. Patrick's takes up their own block anyway. There's nobody uh, on that entire block that is contiguous to them. But Jerry, let me, you know, ask, as as, as the calls asked, why would someone buy air rights for, they're selling air rights above St. Patrick's Cathedral? I'm not. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, St. Patrick's has a right. Why would you buy that if you're not going to build or if they're not going to build anything above that, which I don't think they would. Well, no, St. Patrick's isn't going to, but they have a right to build up right? Uh, based on their uh, zoning. And therefore, since they're not using it, they are going to sell it to the highest bidder who wants to go higher than they otherwise could have on that lot. For example, if you have an interior lot, meaning it's not on the corner, you can't generally go up as high as you could if you were on the corner. But now if you buy this development right, this unused development right from St. Patrick's, you can go up even higher. And that's why we're seeing, I mean, if you look around at the skyline of New York, that's another trend. In the last 10 years, it's changed more than it's ever changed. You have these really, really tall uh, mega skyscrapers Tell me that about being it. built. I live in yeah. Midtown. Yes. And uh, that's something that people should be careful about when they're buying. Because if you're buying in the city and you're paying a premium for a view, uh, if somebody has air rights and you don't know there's about no, that, no uh, they might block your view. And yeah. uh, that happened to me yeah. years ago where somebody right. bought air rights and blocked my view. <laughs> so You know, the, there is a bit of controversy with this, though, and I, we talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago. You know, my position is that uh, the, these churches that have not paid real estate taxes ever, they've been exempt. Now we're getting this huge windfall by being able to sell these air rights. You know, I think the city council could have been a little bit more prudent here and said, look, if you want to sell it, first thing you got to do is share it with the city because you've been exempt from property taxes for so long. Good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. And I think most people would have agreed with that. But, you know, I don't think a, a nonprofit that's not paying real estate taxes ought to be able to get this huge windfall by selling it to, to somebody else because the city legislature, city councils, made this um made this available to them but that's how you, that's how they do it air rights are often bought to to block uh, a contiguous spot from building up too so if you want to preserve the view and your neighbor's got this unused air rights you you now have blocked them from both building up and also selling their air rights to another property that might build up and then block your view so you're not so it's a very strategic it's a bit of a game of chess in terms of development wow is that, that was a good question. Does that answer yeah. it? 
Absolutely. I've wondered for a very long time, and I knew that you were the people to know the answer. Well, Doug, thank you you very much. Thanks, and and have a great weekend. Thanks for calling in. Doug has a great radio voice. uh, Oh, he does. God, if you're ever ready to replace me, I think you have to interview Doug. He's got a great suit. He does have a great voice. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Remember, you can call us at 870. Okay, at 870-970-9622. Donnie, we have another caller, and... I'm not sure what her real name is, but uh, she goes by the name Wild Child. So if we have uh, a moment for Wild Child to come on, go ahead, Wild. Is Are you it wild, wild or just wild, wild Child? Yes, I am. I'm actually the Doors Prophecy. Uh, I'm known for performance. I'm known on the inspiration to Jim Morrison's song back in oh, 1969. Good for you. I can well, you not? Uh, wow. Uh, I, I believe you. you. Go ahead with your question. <laughs> we are. Hopefully about real estate and not Jim Morrison's song. Sally and I, and um, so, uh, hi mom, I'm on the air. <laughs> She's okay. listening. To you're on the air, uh, tell your mom, you're home. on the air, everyone is listening to you. <laughs> Go ahead, Wild, it's a two-hour right, show, so, what's your question? All right, so here's the question. Um, we own two pieces of property. One was bought at a, at a later date. Uh, two separate addresses, we pay two separate taxes. Yeah. Um, we have uh, a garage and a piece of land. It's a large piece, 96 by 23 wide. Mm-hmm. And now currently we're looking to make another deed. So we're with a real estate attorney. And um, he told us that the deed was drawn up, come on in and, and sign it. Then he calls me back and says the survey doesn't match. So then he has to come in and bring the original deed. And the original deed has the garage with the house on it. And so there's not a separate deed. So I'm thinking to make more money for us, had a deed drawn up in case you want to sell that garage and piece of land separately. Because it's yeah, like selling a-, a car. You need the title, you need the deed. <clears throat> yeah, de- so now deed is actually... Well, de- de- it's all costing yeah. more. Deed is not actually equivalent to a title in a car. It's a good point. And let me just explain something about a deed. I can give you a deed right now for the Empire State Building and the Brooklyn Bridge and the Veranzano. I could give you that deed right now. And it would be a legal deed, but it would be worthless because I have no legal interest in those properties. The same token, if I had a, um, a property of 3,000 acres, I could give you a deed for a portion of that. And that deed would be valid on its face because I own all of that and I'm giving you a portion of it or I'm giving you uh, a portion of it for a certain amount of time, and we oftentimes call that a lease. That's a conveyance for less than I own. But that's a different issue entirely as to whether the county clerk will record that deed and honor it, because they generally won't do that if it doesn't match the real estate uh, tax lots that the city has divided property up into. And in New York City, and in most of the areas around here, you can't simply carve up your lot if it if it's not a single residential uh, real estate tax lot, and that is done by the city assessor's office. So if you want to, are you trying to combine these two into one? Or are you trying to carve them up into more than one? I, from what I see on the original deed, it's already combined. But we, I want to separate it in order for us to make more. Do you want to sell? Yeah. You, you know. want to separate it so you can sell one of the properties. Right? right, so that you can yes. keep your yes. stay in one and sell the other. They don't, yeah, yes. so there, don't get hung up on the deed there. 
you need to get them okay. subdivided into different lots. And, you know, when you talk about a subdivision, we use that term in suburbia, that's what they're doing. A developer buys a big lot, then they ask the municipality for permission to carve it up to smaller lots and, and sell them. You want to do the same thing. Whether the city's assessor's office will let you or not is a different issue. And I think you're kind of going down the wrong road focusing on the deed. The deed is not the issue here. The issue is whether oh, okay. you can get those into separate tax lots and the city assessor will then evaluate whether or not you've met all the ingredients to do that. So what does he have re- to do? You need an expediter to help you here. An expediter is somebody that has the magical formula of how to interact with the city assessor's office and the Department of Buildings. Uh, that's where I would start off. Ask your real estate attorney if they have brought an expediter in who knows how to, to do this. Um, but I, I wouldn't spend time worrying about the deed. That's not going to solve your problem. Uh, does that oh, okay. help, Wild Child? Yes, excellent. All right, let us very know how good. you make out. Because if you can do that, All right. okay, good. that's a great thing. So so very good. Keep us posted. Yes. That's really good if you can do that. If you can subdivide yeah. and you can sell off part of your property, that's a great thing. Or at least you yeah. can make a lot of money. Can be. Just to, um, I know we have a few minutes left before the news, and we'll be joined with Victoria Pinchin, who is uh, the co-founder of She Negotiates. Uh, there was a study, uh, there's many studies done on movers and where people are moving to. And as a region, the mountain west continues to increase in popularity with 54% moving inbound. And of course, the southern states also saw a high number of people moving with 52% of the people moving uh, south. And uh, I would like to say that New York, I mean, we... We always worry with the taxes, and 30% of the city pension checks pension checks are going out of state. Mm. Retirees are moving for the... Are they moving because of the weather? I think or, they probably can't afford to live here. Or are they moving because of the taxes? Yeah. And uh, the new Republican tax bill has focused attention on whether the rich will abandon New York for places like Florida, where the federal taxes would be lower, as would many of their other taxes. Now, by the way, Florida has no state income tax. So we're looking at the number one New York destination for retirees is, guess what? This is a million-dollar question. I'm sure we'll all guess it. The number one destination for retirees in New York? You mean to move here? No, to move out. Oh, to move out. Oh, yeah. yeah I, it's I Florida. Yeah, okay, Florida, and Miami. New Jersey has the second highest. Uh, they're number two with people moving to Florida. Uh, a lot of people are uh, moving south uh, when they retire. I, I think it's a combination, but I think it's tax-based. But I there are also people taxes. that move there and then find they miss their families. So, you know, before you go move, go spend some time there. If you're a retiree and you have the time to do that, rent and just make sure that you could, you're happy and that you can be away from your family because some people find that they just can't and they come back. I think we are going family. to have a it's 11 o'clock. We're ready for the news. And we're going to be back with Victoria Pynchon and she negotiates. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel.
straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.